0: Another important vocation in life is marriage, which can bring forth children as a gift from God. Some of these children may have special needs, such as Down Syndrome, but they also have a special purpose in God's plan. Super J and the Power of Love is an important new children's book that tells the story of Super J, a boy with Down Syndrome who teaches everyone who he encounters the real meaning of unconditional love. This book helps young readers to appreciate the dignity and worth of every human being created in the image and likeness of God. Super J and the Power of Love at our affiliate link to the Deo Gratias company in the show notes for this episode. So
1: here we are. Welcome to a Reason for Hope Candid. And uh, this podcast is actually going to be a little bit different for us because I'm in the Candid crew. Which is very unusual. Usually I'm not very candid, but I'm going to be candid today.
2: Looking forward to it. So
1: I'm looking forward to it, too. I'm (laughs) excited to hear what I have to say about this (laughs) candid thing, so it is kind of cool. Um, I'm equally more excited about the subject that we're going to be talking about, which is actually vocation. Um, Array of Hope embarked on doing this film, Vocation, uh, about a year and a half ago. And uh, I've been doing sort of like a speaking tour or an interview tour uh, over the past few months and it just dawned on me that we should be talking about vocation here on our podcast, which is why we're doing this today. And and, uh, I I wanted to share with the listeners um, really how this idea came about. And I think it started with one of our team members, Jack Garneau, was approached by his pastor, Father Richard Mm -hmm. Carlton, right? Yep. And uh, he had said to Jack, say, hey, you know, have you guys ever thought about doing a film or a documentary on vocation? And, and Jack brought it to our team, and then we shared it with you, Ryan. Uh, by the way, we're here with Father Steve Galia and Ryan Dever, uh, who is the director and producer of the project. And um, so it, we're, we're talking about how it started, and when we brought it up to the team, we all thought it was a good idea, right? And w- what was your initial thought, Ryan?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of one of those ideas that started... Uh, very small and then the more involved and well the more we talked about it it uh, just kind of grew into a, a bigger project i mean initially it was kind of father richard saying you know we got this this great kid who's uh, becoming a priest i really would love to highlight um him and his family's relationship and and their outlook on on him um discerning the priesthood because i think there's a need for families to not be afraid uh, of their sons wanting to join the priesthood, there's a little bit of a stigma. I think when I met uh, your family, your mom even told a story of of a woman in their parish whose whose uh, young son uh, was an altar server, and and the priest said, you know, I think he'd make a great priest, and and the mom just kind of jokingly was like, oh, God forbid, yeah, and and that was kind of it. And you know, that's kind of the sentiment. It's it's sort of like, oh no, like it's almost like sending your Child off to war it's like in a way like someone losing, else do it. <laughs> yeah, like no, that's fine for somebody else. But if you know, I want my son to be normal and I want um, them to be happy and and have children. And so that was kind of the idea of of sitting down with your family, and interviewing them, and getting their perspective. But again, the more we talked about it, the more we thought maybe we should interview a few more priests and and get some different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And, and it grew from yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: it, it, it really did. I mean, it, it started out with the sort of simple idea and then it evolved into interviewing priests that are currently priests today. And then we also interviewed men who discerned out of priesthood or rather seminary, right? hmm uh, How would you say that, Father?
3: Yeah, discerned out of
1: seminary. Yeah. Would be. Uh, and it was really interesting how the whole uh, sort of narrative evolved so, Ryan, I wanted to ask you before we get to Father, <clears throat> um, what was it that struck you uh, in putting this film together, which really took about a year, right? I mean, uh, were there anything that surprised you in the inf- information that you learned? Anything that struck you in a way that, wow, I never really thought about that, or I never really perceived seminary to be like that? Anything that struck you?
2: Yeah, I think. Um- <clears throat> I think I was kind of in that category too. Of oh, the priesthood is is nice for somebody else. And and Mike Rose, who's in the film, who's uh, has his testimony is discerning out of um, seminary, had a great line of of saying, you know, um, he oh, that guy wants to be a priest, that's awesome. He's called to holiness. I'm not. I'm kind of called to just kind of figuring it out over here, and I don't have to be that holy. Um, so through the film, finding out that that's not true, and finding out that. You know, um, being a father, uh, you know, uh, you're you're a pr- you're a domestic priest, um, and a priest of the home. And uh, I think even Father Mike Jolie says in the film, every every baptized person is a priest. Mm-hmm. So you kind of think you live your life kind of thinking that priests are an arm's length away, and almost like they're these super holy, otherworldly. People that you can't even talk to as a normal person—they're sort of like you know—you go to them for for confession, and then maybe you kind of you avoid them uh, outside of there. But they're—they're just men. They're—they're—they're you know, um, they have the same call to holiness that that everyone else has, and and they're trying the best they can too. And and nobody's perfect, and we're all just trying. We're all you know falling short of the glory of God, but we're all kind of called to do the same thing. So when the playing field was was evened out in that way, uh, it, it was a little shocking to, to find out that, oh man, yeah. I have to, I have to do the same thing as father Steve. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have an excuse anymore. I'm in trouble. know. Yeah. So that, that was kind of cool to find out.
1: <laughs> well, father, I want to ask you questions. Uh, before I ask you questions about actually participating in the film, what was your impression about seeing it first time? You know, were you surprised? Did you think it was going to be something else? Because I know you're when you're part of something, you're only sort of experiencing what you contributed, right? But now seeing it cumulatively as a piece of work, what struck you initially? Like, did did we did we hit the nail on the head? Did we did we share what is important for men that might be discerning or hearing or calling? What what were your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I. I knew that there were a lot more elements that had come in, so I was expecting that, but I was surprised at how well they were very well sutured together, Uh, but also that there was this narrative that the film had that went through basically, it seems like Father Richard's conversation was a great backbone for the film to then go into different aspects of the other interviews, which I thought was just a a very uh, competent way to do it. I thought that was awesome yeah if
1: um uh if the steve delia yeah saw this before you heard a calling what would your impression be would you uh, maybe you had inklings of the priesthood but you really weren't sure but then you saw this film would that have encouraged you or discouraged you or made you think about it more distinctly about maybe i do have a calling
3: yeah i think it certainly would be encouraging i think I think the film addresses two two of the kind of main categories of obstacles that could be there for a young man considering priesthood. I think the first would be will I be happy, right? Can this fulfill me, right? And obviously that's the wrong question, right? Our question should always be am I good enough to serve God, right? Uh but I think I think it it addresses a lot of those questions of the struggles that a lot of guys discerning go through in the process of figuring out, like, what does this mean for me that I'm diverging from the path that most men follow in their lives in becoming fathers, family members, husbands, and um, workers out in the workforce? So I think that that's addressed. right? But I think the other thing that's that's often missing in young men's hearts and minds is seeing just how epic the priesthood is, and what and, and having kind of a, a warrior's outlook on the priesthood and seeing it, we really have to recover the masculinity of the priesthood, um, and how incredibly masculine it truly is that the priest is really a soldier for Christ, a general on the battlefield, um, leading Christ's faithful in, into spiritual battle, right? And I think that, I think that's captured as well in the film, which I thought was. Which phenomenal. So, Ryan,
1: I know I know that you edit a lot of stuff here at Array of Hope and and sometimes you don't know what you got until you start editing it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you started to see the narrative unfold with all these different characters, did it excite you? Did it feel like, oh, this is kind of this is kind of interesting? It's kind of moving <laughs> in a were you surprised? Were you like, oh, this is moving in a direction I'd never anticipated? And what was the sentiment? Oh, or the emotion behind that sort of surprise, or the way it was developing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you film anything, you plan and you kind of you script things out, and you hope to build some sort of narrative, and then you go film it, and then it's just a great <coughs> feeling to then bring everything back into the studio and start cutting it up and seeing that there it to a degree it worked. And yeah. You're like, okay, great, we didn't just waste everybody's time. There's there's that pressure of feeling like, oh gosh, I hope we can. Sometimes you're like, I hope we can chisel something out of this, um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of, you go in with that, it seems like it's work and it, that it's working and the more you start chipping a, away at it, sometimes other things are revealed that that can shift it entirely in a, in a different direction or solve problems, you know, problems arise and then you keep going and then you find the solve in someone's testimony, <clears throat> you're like, okay, great, this goes here. Mm. Um, and and for it to not feel like a Frankenstein cut, for it mm-hmm. to actually solve the problem and yeah. bridge these gaps, was pretty great. And and having various uh, um, perspectives um, just made it easier. The more uh, I started editing it together, um, and then having great feedback from uh, the Array of Hope team, um, from um, uh, our our audio engineer. That assisted on the the project as well. Um, there were just a lot of different uh, uh, eyes that that contributed to what you see today. Mm-hmm. So it's truly a team effort. Yeah. Um,
1: <clears throat> one of the things that was discussed in the film is um, the reality that uh, statistically, in 1997, I'm sorry, 1970. I beg your pardon. There were sixty thousand priests, right? Uh, in two thousand twenty-one, there were thirty-five thousand priests. So there's a, a serious decline in the priesthood. And also, we talked about the uh, really the um, really the crisis and the confusion that's going on within the Catholic Church. So there's a lot of discouraging factors that men are faced mm. in discerning about the priesthood. And then we even talked about even. The people that you love your family your friends will discourage you and say well why do you want to do that and we kind of you know we kind of address that in the film so i want to ask you how did that affect you when you were getting that bombardment of many different areas that were discouraging you to moving forward in the priesthood what was it that kept you moving forward in the priesthood or were there portions of of your timeline toward this priesthood that you stalled and then regrouped and heard the calling even stronger, what does that what does that feel like?
3: yeah, certainly I think <clears throat> there are always going to be negative voices, and we you know we hear them and we we try not to let them discourage us, but there's also there are also positive voices too throughout, and I think there were so many people in my life that were also supportive um in some people's cases it's different like father richard's parents didn't support him and that's the hardest right but i think there's always going to be people in our lives that support us in that but i think the most important thing is that we know what we're about we know who we are we know what christ asks of us because ultimately it's it's his approval that we want and of course it's his approval that we'll get of course because he loves us and he desires to make us the perfect image of himself that we can be right and so that that's what we need to be about, about our father's business. We, you know, our blessed mother and St. Joseph found Jesus in the temple and even they were concerned. And they said, why, son, why have you done this to me? And he says, don't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Mm. Right. And so that identity, that, that unity with the father, I think is critical because it, that's, that's, what's gonna matter when, when it's hard, when we're discouraged, when maybe we've been abandoned by all. That happens. That happens to many of the saints, and it can happen to us. And certainly, we can have feelings of being abandoned by all, even if we're not. But nonetheless, that we know, we know what we're about. We know who we are, and we know why we're doing it. We're doing it for God. We're not doing it for them. Uh, well, we are doing it for them, but for God's, you know, mm-hmm. for God's mission. But we're not doing it for their affirmation, right? And that's that's always the challenge, I think, with with any ministry, but very much with the priesthood is we we need to know why we're doing it. We're doing it we're doing it first and foremost to please God and and through that we we sanctify the world.
1: Why do you think a film like this is important especially today in reaching young men and helping them uh i i, I guess we're helping them discern or we we're, we're hoping that we're planting seeds of grace in their hearts so they hear that calling with a little bit more clarity. Maybe we're hoping that this film could add some sort of encouragement and persuasion that, yeah, maybe I do hear that call and, and go to the next step, which is important. Um, mm-hmm.
3: I think I think today more than ever, it's not in the minds of young men. They would never think of it. right? Mm. And I think to use that as an example, <clears throat> women religious is even farther, right? Because we don't see them, and especially we don't see young ones out as much now. There's different different young orders that are that are growing, and thank God that they're coming back, and that's amazing. There's some some orders that are really exploding throughout the world, uh, and all of them are are super young, and they're they're passionate, they're vibrant, they love the Lord, which is amazing. Um, but so too in the in the priesthood we have less young priests than we used to. Yeah, we have to admit that. Now, I went to seminary with a bunch of young priests, so the way I see it is, oh no, there's young priests all over. But <laughs> right. but the reality is we're spread thin, right? So, I mean, per capita, there are not a lot of young priests. And so for a man, a young man, looking to to follow the Lord's will in his life, to see in that film that it is a legitimate option and I could be one, right? Because I see men like me that are similar to my it's not it's not just a thing old guys do. No, this is a thing that God calls young men to. Right. First and foremost, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Um and so and so that makes it a legitimate option uh when when they start to consider that. And
2: I think you even say in the film, you know, you kind of uh, let the audience know that this you join seminary. You don't have to become a priest. It's it's not yeah. like you know, you're climbing up to fourteen thousand feet, and the door opens, and you got to jump because that's the rules yeah. for the parachute place. <laughs> and you're getting pushed towards the door. You know, you say people leave all the time; that you could leave a day after, two years after, three years after, um, or the day before. The day before, and yeah, guys did that. Yeah, and so wow. to know that it's you know it's something almost every, in a sense, I don't want to um, get into hyperbole here, but it's something that like every man should consider going to seminary just to kind of. Oh, absolutely. To, at, lack of a better word, like rule it out, like, and to kind of involve yourself in stillness and silence. Yeah. Because it's really, really difficult to do that these days. Um, yeah.
3: And and actually going into seminary, uh, when I started in at Seton Hall at St. Andrew's Hall, which is the college seminary at Seton Hall, the rector, when I had my meeting with him, he said something to me that, that really encapsulate how the church sees seminary formation, that either way, it's a win for the church. We get... A good priest a holy priest or, or a holy father mm. and and so nothing is lost the church doesn't regret that time that that man has spent in seminary he has learned so much about the faith so much about the spiritual life right and gr- and had an opportunity like you said to grow in holiness have the time to sit in silence i mean as a young father yourself ryan i'm sure you know it's like you don't get a lot of time quiet and uh, <laughs> to 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 pray alone uh, but that's something that's afforded. It's an opportunity that's afforded in seminary, which I think is critical for any man who's in formation. And, and I think, too, uh, I've, I've heard people say as well that, yeah, when you, when you date a girl and then you say, actually, I'm called to be a priest, then you break two hearts, right? Uh, when, you, when you discern the priesthood and then leave, nobody's heart is broken, right? And then, and then end up getting married, right? So I, I think it, I think in a way, the first thing should always be, am I called to a celibate vocation? Because that's, that's really hard. Now, maybe hearts aren't always broken, but it's nonetheless a very difficult situation. I know of friends that have gotten engaged or close to being engaged and then said, the Lord's calling me to a different kind of vocation. He's calling me to celibacy. And, and that's difficult no matter what. And so, yeah, I think, I think every man should should contemplate it at least as a as a legitimate option for himself.
0: We are all called to be good stewards, whether that means making wise financial decisions for our families, for our parishes, or for organizations that we may advise or direct. Owning gold and silver is easy, and we're happy to be partnered with St. Joseph's, who has exclusively focused on helping families protect their wealth in gold and silver for over a decade. Their pricing is very competitive, and their dedicated retirement team was recognized last year as only one of two dealers in the nation who meet the stringent criteria of integrity, value, and dependability by an independent trust company. Take the steps today to protect your family from potential financial stress and allocate some of your hard-earned dollars to gold and silver as good stewards. Go to www.stjosephpartners.com forward slash array of hope to learn how you can protect your loved ones at this important moment in history. Again, that is www.stjosephpartners.com forward slash array of hope. So if you're wondering
1: how you can help this ministry, rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help others hear it, as well as sharing it with your friends and your family. So join us in this mission by rating, reviewing, or sharing this episode with someone you think needs to hear it. And we wanna thank you for your continued support of A Reason for Hope Podcast. And that was another podcast we did, right?
2: Uh yeah, dumped for the seminary. Yeah, yeah. We got uh, Jimmy, Alanis, and Jack talking about that in depth. Uh, A lot of broken hearts. Yeah, a lot of broken hearts.
1: At least what I'm experiencing, you know, through a ray of hope is I think the young priests that are being ordained today are really on fire. I mean, given all the um, all the obstacles and all the things that are going on in the church, you know that they're making a commitment and they understand that commitment, or else they wouldn't be making it. All right, I mean, there's a lot of th- discouragement. I think more so than ever, you know. Yeah, I mean, years ago, and not to interrupt you, like when I was no. a kid, I remember like being a priest was a big deal. Like if you became a priest, it was very honorable. Not that it isn't today. I'm just saying the prospect, uh, the viewpoint, uh, the cultural viewpoint was like, oh, he's becoming the a priest. The prestige, is gone. the prestige, yeah, and which is unfortunate. But to my okay. point is that the men that are becoming priests today are really. And, yeah. and you're included, included if there are in right that. reasons, yeah, yeah. You're in the right, you're, exactly. Yeah. You're in yeah, there for the right reasons. There's
3: nothing. There, that's why. I, so people would give us, you know, cleric, clericalism was it? It was an issue in the past, right? And and we get talks from our seminary formators or from our teachers at the university to be like, you know, don't be clerical. Like, love your people, and. Mm-hmm. and I'm, Listen, lady, (laughs) there's no prestige left. I mean, obviously we get the love of the Catholic faithful and that Mm -hmm. is worth more than its weight in gold, but there's no, there's, there's very little social status. I go to the supermarket and you'd be surprised at how often people call me buddy. (laughs) Like they don't even know what a priest is or what to call him. And it's out of no sense of malice or anything. People just don't know. It's not in the public mind anymore. So yeah, you're right. I mean, it's all that's left is to serve the Lord, which I, I think is a good place to be. Yeah, um, poverty has always been uh, lucrative for the economy of salvation. You mm-hmm. know,
1: I, I guess Ryan, I want to I want to ask both of you the same question: Is there a part in the film that you is your favorite part that you really
2: like? Um, like Buddy was saying, uh, I like <laughs> <laughs> Father Buddy to you, Father Buddy. <laughs> um, it's it's tough. There's there's a bunch of sections in the film that are great. Um. It's it's hard to to think of one part, and I hate to choose uh, a section that Father Steve is not in. It's just it just comes to mind. I won't hold it against. Um, you. When Father Mike Jolie uh, says that um, to I think I believe he says to an eternal God, does uh, a fifty year old parent or a six year old parent look any different than a ten year old kid that or a five year five year old kid? And to kind fired. of have that perspective is interesting because it sounds so simple and it sounds so silly um but you think you kind of do feel like you know you get older and then god kind of forgets about you and and he's got to focus on the on the younger kids and stuff like that and you're you're a parent now you're an adult so you're good you know you you figure out your thing um it's almost kind of like every, even now when i watch professional football i always think they're like 45 because yeah. like growing up my dad would watch football so mm. I, I, in my head I'd be like why would he not watch he would probably watch people his age because yeah. you're so focused on grades yeah. and ages and stuff so it made no sense that my dad would be watching you know 20 year olds play football so even now I'm like man this guy yeah, must be right. so old and he's 19 I'm like what Yeah
1: I know it's it's so yeah. I'm weird I'm yeah. kid
2: <laughs> But when you think about that yeah it's yeah. it's you you kind of well it doesn't matter how old you are, there's, there's no difference. Um, Mm -hmm. you're just as important and you're just as valuable to God. So that, Mm -hmm. that was a a pretty powerful line that I think, um, that we did a great job, uh, enhancing visually and with, Mm -hmm. with music and whatnot. I like that part. Yeah. Do
3: you have a favorite? I mean, I'm a little bit of my bias coming in, but father Richard's parts are just, I mean, he, he's, he nails it. (laughs) Yeah. He's just, (laughs) he just kills it. I, especially, I mean, the line at the end where, uh, he talks about the the passage from the gospel. He says, who who do you want when you go before the Lord? What do you want the Lord to say? Well done, my good and faithful servant, or you fool. I mean, he's just- That's pretty heavy. He's got the lines, but yeah, I mean, just seeing he, he's, uh, yeah, he's just yeah. incredible. Yeah. The Irish
2: accent helps too. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> it gets heavier when he's talking to somebody that's Irish.
2: <laughs> I bet, I bet. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was also a line, um, a little uh, behind the scenes look here. Um, there was a line that was actually cut of yours that was a pretty good line. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little mm-hmm. earlier. Um, you say the bottom line stays the same. People are going to hell, and we need to do everything we mm-hmm. can to stop that from oh, happening. Yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which I know before we were talking about kind of reasons to, yeah. to join the priesthood, and, and um, I thought that was a really, really powerful line. Um, Maybe in the director's cut, we'll we'll put that we'll in put yeah. the extended. Only for the elites. Yeah. <laughs> One of my other favorite uh, parts of of working on this was um, was your shoot uh, because <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> you're feeling super good that day. <laughs> I wasn't feeling too good, but we filmed for like probably thirty hours. <laughs> but the reason was because the day we were filming your interview and your parents' interview. Your parents were in the process of moving. Right. <laughs> so the entire house was either in boxes or outside of boxes and whatnot. So every time we were setting up for a shot, we had to clear the entire room. Yes, basically move all the stuff that your parents were planning on moving. bring it to the front <laughs> of the house and then dress it up. And then when we shot your thing, we had to bring everything back to the den where we shot your parents' interview and then set up that to make it look yeah. like it was a different room. So if you're watching if you watch the film, They were, Steve's interview and his parents interview were in the same house. Fun fact, we dressed up the front of their house to look like it was his very, you know, nice, pious, very Padre Pio type room, just a wooden plank for a bed. (laughs) With with nails on it. It gonna measure like maybe a window. Um, And then, so that was in the same house and it was in the same day. Um,
3: Just weeks before my parents were to move out.
2: (laughs) Yes and I think because it was such a long day it incentivized them to just leave all of New Jersey oh, you and, and bet go, and go to Florida yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah and as as I heard about the interview I always joke <laughs> with Ryan about this because I was told Father Richard Carton volunteered me for this I was I was never asked if I wanted to and, <laughs> Too late. So, and so I just got a text from Jack Garno saying hey you're going to get a text from my friend Ryan who works at the Ray of Hope with me and Ryan then told me you are going to be interviewed <laughs> let me know what day you want it to happen and I thought oh he's Ryan said he'd come to visit us and so I figured well then that'll be great I don't have to drive it'll be just an hour out of my day and then when I'm Finding, He says, oh yeah, this this date at 10 o'clock works and uh, you don't have anything planned in like the later evening, do you? Because it's going to take all day.
2: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You don't realize how long shoots can take. It makes sense. Lighting and moving your parents out of their house and all that. (laughs) 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 But it was an
3: exciting ordeal to be a part of it. It was really, really cool to see all that happen and be a part of it. So I'm grateful. You did
1: awesome. It's a great job. My favorite part (laughs) is when uh, when you see the the men prostrate uh is that the right word mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, uh, you know during their uh during the ceremony of the ordination uh to me, I get emotional about it because I just view that as complete surrender, completely it giving is. it all, and it that is. that that is an emotional uh thing for me because I think it's super powerful and uh it's an amazing witness yeah. to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've gone to a couple of ordinations, and whenever I see that, it always blows me away to see it in the film. And also what your mom shared, you know, when she was... Uh, I'm paraphrasing where she kind of says, you know, do you feel that you'll never be a grandparent or never have I, I, something like that? Yeah, yeah. Or or never have kids, but she viewed it completely different. No, I'm going to have hundreds of people. My son is a father. Oh, yeah. Was, mm-hmm. what yeah, was, yes. it, was it something like that? I'll have
3: right, thousands of grandchildren. Right, yeah.
1: right. And that was just beautiful to have yeah. that perspective. Like she really...
3: It was a beautiful, encouraging sentiment. And you see it when my parents, they, they come frequently to my masses and uh, they sit in the same spot every day. And when people find out that's my parents, all the parishioners always go up to them and like wanna meet them. And so, no, I mean, they, they really partake in the, the life of the parish in a beautiful way. And I, speaking of, of the the video footage of the ordination, for me watching it personally, it was it was really touching just seeing my ordination in video again mm. because I I don't know if I'd bought I, I I just don't always think to look back to things like that but looking back it was it was really uh, special just to see myself getting ordained and to remember what it was like on that day yeah I, really I feel moving. like
2: it'd be similar to getting married, the day just kind of flies by yeah. almost. There's so much on your mind oh, that it's hard yeah. to, sometimes it's hard to be present. Oh, totally. And, when yeah. looking back on it. Yeah. So but I that's,
3: that. and, and, and some people said, oh man, I'm so sorry. I missed your ordination. I was sick. I was this, I was don't away. Don't watch the movie. And uh, yeah. <laughs> just watch well, the movie. All I say, it's like, don't worry. The, I, I'm celebrating it's never gonna it for the, whole, for the rest of my life, <laughs> you know? So, uh, and, and it's the same with marriage, right? You, you celebrate the, the sacrament of matrimony on that day. And then you celebrate the marriage for the rest of your life. You know, it's, it's not over. The best part has just begun. You're celebrating the beginning of something mm-hmm. new, something beautiful, you know, but that, that endures. So Ryan, do you have, uh, any hope
1: for the film? What no, is your. None. It's hopeless.
2: Uh, <laughs> <Hopeless>. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I hope people watch it, continue to watch it. I mean, the response has been pretty great. Um, yeah, I just would love more and more people to watch it and share it and, um yeah, to let us know what they think of it. And, um yeah, same thing. It's always fun to talk about movies and and to say, oh, what was your favorite part of this? And it's it's always interesting to hear other people's mm. perspectives because they always catch something that you missed. Whether you've watched a movie 50 times or a thousand times, there's always some person that's like, oh, I like this part. And you're like, I never even thought of that. I never, yeah. never noticed that. Um, so it, so yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, just like there's hope for the church, there's hope for this film, not equating the two, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, one but, shares um, in the goods of the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, it, the hope is, I hope it, it does a good job of supporting, uh, the priesthood and supporting the church in, in whatever way possible. Yeah.
1: How about yourself, Father? Is there a hope for the film for you yeah. or? Yeah, most
3: certainly. I, and I actually, I'm just recalling now. Several years ago, I had seen some little trailer for vocations that some diocese produced. And I said, oh, why can't we do something like that? And somebody said, no way, it's too big of a thing, can't happen. And and that just kind of faded out of my mind. And now I'm looking and there it is. I mean, Mm -hmm. bigger than that little video was that I saw and was jealous of now, you know, this. and, And I'm proud that several... You know, at least two, three priests from Patterson are in it. So, yeah. Um, in a way, we can uh, we can really make great use of that film to evangelize and bring the message of vocations to the people of Patterson. So, no, certainly, yeah. I think there's hope. Well, I mean, hope. our hope
1: here at Array of Hope is that we're trying to get national exposure on it. So, we're, we've been sharing it not just in diocese of Patterson, but every yeah. every diocese that will can reach that we can reach out to it. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people are seeing it. Uh, any final
2: notes that you want to add um, yeah I mean just continuing on that thought I mean you know just uh, obviously want the the film to inspire families and, and young men um, and even young women in uh, their discernment of their vocation um, and you know just like you said you saw a trailer for something years ago then this comes out it, it's always great to continue to inspire other filmmakers as well maybe yeah. they see something in it that They have a a crazy budget and they want to take it to the next place that can only help you know future generations Mm. and and a larger group of people so um that's what's awesome about you know kind of indie film and 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 whatnot is is uh you can kind of um there's like a snowball effect um so um yeah i'm just excited
3: That's awesome
1: yeah Yeah. i mean i um my hope is that it's just going to reach the peripheries you know it'll reach uh, a young man who maybe thought about it when he was a kid, maybe never even shared it with anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel that the film, um, I haven't seen many films on vocation, but I feel that it's very sort of um, um, uh, guttural. Is that a word?
0: It's, it's a word.
1: It's so like really raw mm-hmm. in the sense that I think we got, I think Ryan really pulled some really interesting truths out of the interviews that make it real. So, we weren't really holding back any punches, which I think I think the culture today and young people appreciate that. so there's no yes. it doesn't look like we're trying to sell them anything, yeah, which yeah. is what I really like about the film and i when I've pitched it and talked to diocese and I've talked to other in other interviews that I've been interviewed about the film, as I say, it's not like it's not like a sales film that we're trying to encourage men to go into the priestlyhood, uh, a vocation, a vocation of the priestlyhood. Um, it's more about just having someone um, investigate what they might be hearing in the infant stage. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Is that if you tap it to someone early on, then they might seriously... Um, investigate and talk to the vocation director or maybe talk to the parish pastor and, yeah. and say, you know, I saw this film, what do you think? And then the
3: process begins, right? I mean, that's how it works, yeah. you know? And, and and that that's interesting you say that because y- you you point to something that's true that it's, yeah, it's about the good of the church. It's also good of, about the good of the man. Because I was, uh, as I was, <clears throat> towards the end of my discernment before I'd entered seminary, I was... I went to talk to, to a man who's, who's very instrumental in, in my uh, formation. And just, I looked up to greatly and, and, and he was, he was a, a lay celibate and, and I knew that he had left his girlfriend when he was about to get engaged and he loved her greatly and she loved him, but that was what God was calling him to. So I knew he, he knew that struggle of giving up and I was struggling with the, I was like 95%, like, yeah, I should be a priest. But there was that 5%, like, what if I could be happy with a girl? You know, Mm -hmm. and I went to him and he said, listen, at that time, I was Stevie, Stevie, listen. um, (laughs) You've had many names. Yeah, (laughs) man of many names. (laughs) He says, you could get married and you could be really happy um, and you could do great things. But if God's calling you to be a priest, you're never going to be as happy as you will be as a priest. You know, and there's men out there that God is calling to the priesthood. And we want them to have the opportunity to find their vocation Mm. because that is going to make them happiest. That's not what they should ask, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't be seeking our own happiness. Uh, it's ultimately about giving of ourselves and serving the ministry of the church. But as it happens, it does make us happy to do God's will. As it, as it turns out, God's plan is uh, it's pretty good for us. You know. So I just thought that was, um, yeah, that was good that what you said. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I, I want to encourage our viewers and listeners uh, that the film is available on the Array of Hope channel. And one way you can easily find it is just type in Array of Hope, Google search it, and you'll see Array of Hope channel, click on it, and you'll be able to navigate to vocation and find it pretty easily. Um, also, uh, we're in discussions with uh, streaming platforms. So hopefully by the time this podcast is released, it'll be in the in the show notes. Uh, so you can click on it and find it in a multiple of other ways. Um, well, thanks for... Uh, Coming on, guys. Thanks, Ryan. No problem. None for being here. It was a You're, pleasure. Was a pleasure having you. Being in both. the candid world here. And I, I felt I was pretty candid. I think so. Yeah. I, I felt so. I was wearing a I was wearing my candid glasses. Yeah, they're very cool. You look super candid today. Yeah. yeah. And thank you, Father Steve, <laughs> yeah. for being with us <laughs> and really uh, saying yes to your vocation. And uh um we love the priesthood here at Array of Hope. We pray for you guys every day. Thank uh you. and uh Go out and see the film.
0: Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of A Reason for Hope Candid. We're happy to be a part of your faith journey. Stay connected with us by following us on your favorite social media platform at r 4 h podcast. That's letter R, number four, letter H, podcast. And subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the video footage of this episode. See the show notes for additional resources. Until next episode, peace be with you.